Welcome to the Unstoppable Grit Podcast, where we dive into the mindset shifts and practical tools to help you break through the roadblocks standing between you and achieving your goals. I'm your host, Danielle Kobo, a former Fortune 500 senior sales manager who spent 15 years in the medical device industry and now the best-selling author of the book, Unstoppable Grit. Think of this podcast as your go-to source for career advice and burnout prevention strategies to help you build a career and life you love. Now let's get started. Does the mere thought of presenting in front of your colleagues make your stomach quiver and your buckle at the knees? Do you want to sound more confident, influential, and credible? Putting wow into your communication and presentation might be what you need to stand out in your career. Imagine if you had a message to inspire and motivate others to achieve their goals, convince and persuade teams towards a common goal, and drive more sales. In this episode, we're discussing how to deliver a memorable and persuasive presentations. Patricia Phipp is a Hall of Fame speaker, award-winning speechwriter, an in-demand executive speech coach. My guest is one of my professional colleagues in the National Speaker Association and the first woman president. Her latest book is Deliver Unforgettable Presentations. Thank you so much for joining us today, Patricia. My pleasure. You have had a unique story from where you started into where you're at today, and I don't want to spoil it. Will you please share with our audience your career journey. A snapshot is, born in England, became a hairstyling apprentice at 15, came to America at 20 with no job, nowhere to live, didn't know anyone, $500. Worked in the Mark Hopkins Hotel Beauty Salon where I met people from all over the country and all over the world. Then I worked in one of the first men's hairstyling salons very posh in the financial district of San Francisco when men's hairstyling was a new industry. And then I opened my own salon and started traveling nationwide for a hair product company delivering seminars for hairstylists. And my clients who were executives and movers and shakers in the financial district said, Patricia, oh, you're speaking. Come talk to my Rotary Club, Kiwanis Club, Breakfast Club. And being the star of my Dale Carnegie class and going to Toastmasters, I knew how to frame my presentation. I had notes, but they were in my head. So I never used notes. Used my personality. I'd go over ruffle guy's hair. (laughs) Anyway, to cut a long story short, after two free talks to service clubs, I realized not only is this fun, this is the least expensive way I can promote my business because people who heard me speak came in my salon. And what I would do, I would have a drawing, which meant I had everyone's business cards. This was long before internets and contact management systems, but I had their cards. And I would have a drawing for a free haircut. And next week or the week after they had their free haircut in my salon, I knew they would go back and say, oh, you won the haircut. Let's see how you look. What was it like? Is there a salon fun? That was a great way to promote my business. Now, with my pals in the Dale Carnegie class, my good friends, there were six of us, we called ourselves the Future Millionaires Breakfast Club. And we went to every seminar and every rally we heard about. 
and I heard about the National Speakers Association. And a professional speaker who I'd heard was kind enough to meet with me and talk to me. And he said, Patricia, you must go to the National Speakers Association convention. And I'm a great believer if someone you admire and wish to emulate gives you advice. You don't say, well, how much does it cost you go? When I arrived, I was 32 years old, two years into a 10-year lease on my salon. I thought, no one's going to want to talk to me. I only talk to rotary clubs and hairdressers. And two situations appeared. One, because I started at 15 as an apprentice, when my lease was up, I'd be 40. And I realized I would certainly, I could renew my lease. I could do something else in the hairstyling industry. However, after 25 years, I knew there would be other options. And I thought, well, maybe, maybe, I don't know, but maybe speaking would be an option. And then, to cut a long story short, I got discovered by a big time promoter who booked me to speak to 2,000 people on the same program with some of the most famous speakers at that time. Seven years later, I became the first woman president of NSA. So that is a snapshot. Now, if there are some goals like, oh, I love speaking, I want to be a professional speaker, I was smart enough to know this is a long-term goal. A lot of people go to NSA, oh, I'm going to quit my job. No, 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 no. Start strategizing in a way that you could replace through speaking when you replace the income you have that feeds your family and pays your mortgage. That's when you might want to quit the day job. And maybe you don't ever quit your day job. I mean, there are lots of ways to be in the speaking industry. That was it. And what I liked about hairstyling that I love about speaking and now coaching executives and working with sales teams, it's an education. You work for a company, you get to know about that industry. It is just such a great education. There are a lot of benefits. However, if you have a job or you are in a position to get smarter because of the people you interact with, that's a good place to be. I have found the National Speaker Association to be an incredible group of people who want to support, mentor, and influence each other to a greater purpose and impact. They say the stage is a very precious place because you have the opportunity to influence and inspire and transform the lives of a lot of people at once. And I've thoroughly enjoyed my time as an NSA member. And for those of you that are listening, if you are considering being a speaker, if that's maybe one of your goals, that deep desire, passion that you have, whether you still want to keep your corporate job and do this on the side, or you want to do speaking full-time, join the NSA. I can't say that enough. And if possibly becoming a speaker is not maybe one of your goals, then I'm going to ask Patricia to share some of her three secrets to breaking down that fear that most of us have when it comes to speaking. I'll share with you a little bit about my journey in becoming a speaker. When I first had to present my sales presentation, that dreaded role-playing that most of us hate, I try not to use that word, or despise, resist to. I was 23 years old and I cried. I was terrified. And yet fast forward to where I'm at now in being a speaker, it really comes to leaning in. And as you said, learning the skills and being active at learning the skills to refine 
your message to become a great speaker. What are three secrets that you have to break through that fear? I, of course, I wouldn't say they're secrets because I tell anyone who asks. (laughs) And you're sharing them with us today. Secrets are good. Yes. One, I would say it doesn't matter if you are giving speeches early in your career or if you are reporting to senior management, you're running team meetings for the first time. You have to engage with prospects or customers. One, nobody knows how you feel. They only know how you project. They don't know if you're terrified. What you would have to do if you're nervous, then think about who do you know who looks very confident. You don't know how they feel either, but they appear confident. You'll feel they're confident. One would be if you're standing or sitting in Zoom, sit up straight or stand. Equal distance, your feet, hips, distance, stand firmly. And you smile and you pause. And you know exactly what you are going to say when you open your mouth. Speak in shorter sentences. Then you can breathe to keep the energy. And it's easier for the listeners to understand what you're saying if you have one idea a sentence. That's one. Project confidence. Secondly, if you want to build your credibility, Use specific language. For example, the most frequently asked question I have of all my clients is, if it weren't a thing, what would it be? And one of my favorite examples is brilliant engineer. I work a lot with engineers getting ready for their user conferences. And this brilliant man said, there are two things people love about. Now he's talking about their products and their offerings. And I said, well, if they weren't things, what would they be? Innovative upgrades. There are billions of people in the world. What people love your innovative upgrades. He said, systems administrators, can you see the difference in the quality? I was brought in for a long time client that brought me back again because they had a new corporate message. I was part of delivering sales training for new hires on how to tell our company story. Well, they got a new story. They brought me back. And one of the senior, senior, senior executives zoomed into the conference. And he said, well, there are 10 things that we're focusing on. He kept saying that 10 things. Now, the first thing and the second. Now, here I am telling them to be more specific. And one of the big muckety bosses had just presented a few hours before. And I said, With all respect to everyone who's presented before me, what such and such a person talked about was 10 things. They were 10 priorities. He was not giving us 10 suggestions. They were priorities. The quality of the words. Because it would be very easy. Well, the 10 things he talked about, well, I guess they're suggestions or Oh, I should try and incorporate them. No, they are 10 priorities. Your actions should be built around our 10 priorities. And as they are such priority, as I say, your first priority is your second priority. One, be clear, be specific. If I were to look at other words that I suggest you minimize, you don't get a ton of ideas. You might listen to a presentation or take notes in a meeting. You might have three pages of notes and four actionable items. You don't have a ton of ideas. 
And if it's not fruit or vegetables, oh, went to a networking event, met a bunch of fun people. No, perhaps you met a bunch of bananas, but you probably met two dozen interesting people of which you had six really stimulating conversations. Be specific, the quality of your words. So one, look confident by acting confidently. Be specific in your word choices. And three, if there were one real secret of being a powerful, persuasive presenter, it would be that your subject is of interest to your audience. Now, we both know as professional speakers, sometimes you get brought into companies and some manager said, hey, this speaker's going to come fix you when they're sitting there with their arms folded. Okay. If you want to make your audience, whether it's one, five, fifty, five hundred, be interested in your subject, we as a presenter or manager or leader or sales professional have to look at our message from the point of view of the audience, be it one, five, fifty, five hundred. And one way you can do this is watch the I versus you balance or ratio. For example, it would be normal, stand up at your team meeting and say, I want to talk about this, or I'm going to talk about this. And I always sit back and think, I don't care what you want to talk about. I signed up to hear about this. Looking at it, and one way is to use you focus language. You could say, welcome to the Monday morning sales meeting, and you're in for a treat. What you will be hearing this morning is the three updates from our manager, hear about two of our internal superheroes, and three, how you can win a $100 Starbucks gift card by becoming part of such. And I recommend that all my clients and listeners come up with a list of you-focused phrases that work within your communication, in your opinion, in your experience. How often have you? Every time the audience hears you, they reconnect. Because I work on one principle. And if we work on this principle, we will never go wrong. Everyone is more interested themselves than us. Look at your message. And we all hear examples, probably the most blatant. I do believe leaders are a little more sophisticated now. But for years, I've been at company meetings and I've heard the president or CEO say, our strategy is sound. Our business is growing and we will be increasing the shareholder value. That's fine if you're talking the board of directors or shareholders. But if your employees aren't shareholders, that's the wrong message. You take the same message and adapt it for a different audience. Our strategy is sound. We will increase business, which means there's more opportunity for promotion. You have more job security. We look forward to increasing the benefits. Keep up the good work. We will be right back to today's episode. Perhaps you want to increase your income, get promoted, or launch a business. You may be feeling overwhelmed, lost, and seeking a sense of purpose and clarity in your career. 
It's easy to feel stuck when you don't know where you're going or how to get there. How would you feel knowing exactly what steps to take and how to get there? In the show notes, you will find a link to free workbooks with actionable steps to accelerate your career, prevent burnout, and launch your own business. Does your company have a goal in mind and want a high quality speaker with motivational style? Click the link to set up a time to discuss me speaking at your next event. Thanks for tuning in and back to today's episode. That you versus I language can also be applied in writing emails as well. I work with a lot of my clients when we're doing sales trainings and we're talking about every time that you write I in an email, what would it look like if you switched it to you and how would it provide more value to the person reading it? It's about them, not I. I want to meet with you. Yeah. (laughs) When we meet, we will discuss... X, Y, Z, and how does it benefit the person you're meeting with? I have one follow-up question for you. Can we discuss the you language from a sales perspective when meeting with a customer or a client, whether you're working in corporate or whether you own your own business, taking that you language and talking directly to a customer or a client? Definitely. We can start with... Let's look at it both ways. If it's a prospect, if you're first talking to someone, you're going to ask questions. But the key to connection is conversation. The secret of conversation is to ask questions. And the quality of the information you receive depends on the quality of your questions. I work with a lot of people. They've gone through the different levels and now this is a formal presentation. And what we have to remember is buyers today are a lot more sophisticated. And the statistics in sales are, In most corporate sales, buyers are 70% through the process before we have a formal presentation. All our information, all our happy clients are all on our websites. You have to assume if you are lucky enough to have an opportunity to talk to, say, three or five or a group of decision makers, you're probably one of three people to be considered. They've already got rid of everyone else. I recommend my clients begin with, you brought in, there you are, or in Zoom, here you are. Congratulations. Then talk about what they have a right to be proud of. It could be, congratulations, your latest advertising campaign is incredible. Or, congratulations, I noticed your stock price just went up two points and your major competitor went down three. You are making superb decisions or your strategy is obviously sound. It could be as simple as, congratulations, walking along the hall to find my way to our meeting room, every single person smiled, had a pleasantry, asked if I needed help or directions. Obviously, your core values are alive and well. Then, Never thank them for their time. Everybody does that. And the FRIP formula is if you sound exactly the same as everybody else, you have no advantage. And the only thing I ever wanted in business was an unfair advantage. And that's not lying, cheating, stealing. It's just looking at how could I do what I am doing better? How can I listen to my competitors and find a new way? a more outstanding way. 
Anyway, congratulations. And then you don't thank them for your time. You say, thank you for the opportunity to discuss how the FRIP presentation skills training could well be the training you're looking for. Now, very often, if this is a formal presentation, you have had individuals lower down in the organization give you all the information you need to prepare. If that is true, make them heroes. So you might say, thank you to John and Mary. They were very generous with their time and information in preparing me for this meeting. And they tell me your biggest challenges are, your areas of opportunity are, or you're most interested in hearing. Now, whatever the words are, opportunities, challenges, or interest, are this. That becomes the structure of your presentation. The old days of, hi, I'm Patricia. This is who I work with. This is how long we've been in business. This is our unique methodology. This is who we do business with, and we'd love to add you to our list to satisfy clients. Nobody cares because everyone's more interested in themselves than you. And if you frame every comment you have that you would normally put in your presentation, you put it into the format of what they want to hear. When you've gone through and you've done your review, you've answered any questions that they have, just as you're saying goodbye on behalf of my leadership team, thank you for the opportunity to be considered for your upcoming presentations. Then it's almost as if you swivel to leave, to turn off or to walk out the door, and then your last words linger. Remember. Now, with three of my clients, their last words linger. One was, remember, 99% of the Fortune 100 do business with us. Another was, remember, 154 profitable quarters. In other words, we're the giant. It doesn't matter what the economy is. We might be slower. However, we're never going out of business. So when times are tough, you want someone who's going to be here forever. And this is a line that works very well for consultants like us or smaller businesses. And then it's remember, we're large enough to satisfy all your needs. We're small enough that you will always be a VIP client and have the cell phone of the president of the company. I don't think there's anything to say beyond this. You've <laughs> well, provided so much value. <laughs> yeah, good. That is a lingering message that doesn't even need a follow-up to that because you shared valuable wisdom on how we can have our confidence, the way we stand, the way we present ourselves, the way that our posture is, knowing that most people don't know what's going inside. The word choices that we use, eliminating those nonsense words I hear in the back of my head when I'm writing speeches now. They're not things, they're priorities or strategies. And then the structure that you talk about, that you versus I language, making it about the customer, making it about the audience, having that formula of structure when it comes to a presentation you're doing, a conversation that you're having. And that lingering message right at that end that gives it that hook, that feeling. I also want to add from an observation is you have pauses that those pauses want me just coming in for more. Like, what's she going to say next? 
And I believe that that is very powerful as well and intentional. And it's about being intentional when you are speaking. Thank you for joining us. My pleasure. And I hope your listeners will remember FRIP, me, but much more important, remember what FRIP stands for. Frequently reinforce ideas that are productive and profitable. And for those of you who are listening, I've included a link in the show notes for FRIP VT, which is an online course that you can take, whether you are a speaker and you want to improve your speaking skills and your presentation and you're writing a keynote, or if you're in sales and you want to improve your presentations, confidence and inspire and motivate and be effective and driving the results that you want, I invite you to check out her link. I've taken her course. I highly suggest it. It has improved my confidence in my speaking. I will include that in the show notes. And thank you for joining, Patricia. It's a pleasure to have you on as a guest. And for those of you listening, create an intentional day. Thank you for listening to the Unstoppable Grit Podcast with Danielle Cobo. If you found today's episode resonating and inspiring, kindly take a moment to craft a review. Your review holds the potential for Apple and Spotify to share the Unstoppable Grit podcast with others. Furthermore, consider extending the ripple effect by sharing this episode with those around you, family, friends, colleagues, and anyone who could benefit from the insights and stories shared here. Also, be sure to visit daniellecobo.com for more resources on cultivating resilience and unleashing your inner grit. We'll be back soon with another empowering episode. Until then, be unstoppable.